0: You're listening to The Semi-Failed Writer. This is a show about my life experiences, my love for entertainment, and of course, my failures. Number one, could you please sing the opening to I Want It That Way? Really? Okay. You are my fire. Number two, keep it going. The one desire. Number three. Believe when i say number four i want it that way tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake now number five i never want to hear you say i want want it it that way oh chills literal chills It was number five. Number five killed my brother. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of The Semi-Failed Writer. Today, I'm supposed to share with you a personal story, but this one's going to be just a little bit different. I wouldn't call this a throwaway. There will be a few stories sprinkled in here and there. However, the last story that I spoke to you about, about Taps, it was pretty emotionally draining. You wouldn't have noticed it on the recording, but it was really difficult putting the whole thing together. A lot of tears were shed as I was recalling all of these memories, and I was just getting angry as I was writing all of them down. I don't want to do that again for a little while, so we're going to get something a little bit more lighthearted today. We're going to talk about karaoke. Hopefully you still remember what karaoke is. Maybe we'll do it again someday. I have a weird history with karaoke. I want to love it more than I actually do. On one hand, I've been surprised more than once when an unsuspecting patron goes on stage and commands the room. I went to a birthday party at Brass Monkey here in LA, and this random guy performed Purple Rain in front of a packed crowd. He looked like the typical LA type. He was white, if that matters, uh, skinny jeans, white t-shirt, a little bit of unkept hair. But he captured the essence of Prince. He wowed everybody and it was pretty amazing to to watch it happen. I went on a cruise last year and there was this guy named Wes. I saw him throughout the boat. He was you know not easy to miss. He was a pretty big guy, I hate to say it. Uh, He had a sun hat and glasses that he wore all the time. He had to walk around with a cane And they had karaoke almost every night on the ship. And on the very first night, the DJ calls up Wes to go on stage. And he performs a song that I would never heard of. It's called Fooled Around and Fell in Love by Elvin Bishop. And holy crap, he was a showstopper. And like every day after that, when there was karaoke, he was there and he would perform something, but nothing came close to that first day when he was singing Elvin Bishop And there were random people that ran into him throughout the week and they were complimenting him for his singing. He became that guy. Now, on the other hand, I still haven't figured out how to be comfortable with my own performances. There's the back and forth of whether or not I should even try it. I I don't think I'm a great singer, but I feel like I should overcome my fears and just go out there and have fun. But then I have to pick a song. I could look through a Bible and narrow down my search. I would need something that's a sweet balance between being recognizable, falling within my vocal range, and also having this element of surprise, something people wouldn't suspect to hear on a stage like this. Then I give my selection to the DJ, maybe give him a tip to get moved up on the queue and wait patiently for my turn. Then I get up on stage. I give it my all. Embrace the moment, and no one pays attention. The other people in the bar are too busy talking to their friends or looking at their phones. I'm like, hey man, I'm burying my soul right now. The least you could do is acknowledge me. But at the end of the day, who cares, right? Unless you're west or the guy from Brass Monkey, people will forget what songs they heard, and they may never see most of these performers ever again. As long as you have fun and enjoy the company you keep, then I'd call that a win. Now to my main topic. Something that would make karaoke more enjoyable is if we put a moratorium on some songs. I have a list here of the 10 worst karaoke songs that I never want to hear again. There are many reasons why a song should be on this list. It doesn't fit the mood, the song itself is problematic, or it's just overplayed. And I'm going to warn you right now. Some of my picks are also considered to be the best karaoke songs in some circles. I know you won't agree with me, but that's okay. Come at me. Tell me I'm wrong. Okay, let's get the show on the road. Number 10, Let It Go. You all know this song from the insanely popular animated film Frozen, as performed by Idina Menzel. And let's give credit where credit is due. Let It Go was not created by Menzel, the music and lyrics were composed by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, a music writing power couple. I don't have to tell you how popular the song is, but I will tell you why I put this on the list. I feel like every decade or every generation, there are those songs that become classics that will be performed at every karaoke night for years on end. So for this decade, I believe Let It Go. Shallow from A Star Is Born, and All Of Me by John Legend are the songs. I've already heard these songs performed by amateurs multiple times, and it's annoying. I wanted to have one of these three on the list, but I had a tough time deciding which one. I ended up picking Let It Go, and here's why. I read that the Lopez's created the song specifically with Idina Menzel's voice in mind, in the key of G, a key that was best suited for her vocal range. And when she first recorded it, Adina suggested that the entire song be raised half a step higher to the key of A-flat major. This might not make any difference to you, but, but what I'm trying to tell you is that not only did it make this song sound more like a younger, more innocent person was singing it, but it ended up being more difficult for Adina Menzel to sing. If she, a Broadway star, an award-winning singer, has trouble singing Let It Go then it's got to be nearly impossible for you playing Janes to crush it on stage. I've heard people perform Shallow and all of me. That cruise I was just telling you about, I heard all of those songs every freaking night on that cruise. Some of them I think I heard twice in one night. The DJ was not doing his job. But anyway, my point is that people do those songs justice. They do great. Let it go, not so much. Now, I know having a good voice is not a requirement to participate in karaoke, but please know your limits. Number nine, Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. Again, credit where it's due. This song was written by Chris Tompkins and Josh Keer. And I just realized that two men wrote a song about female empowerment. Odd. Anyway, I said that Let It Go, Shallow, and All of Me are the karaoke classics of this decade. Before He Cheats is the Song of the odds. It's a pretty straightforward song. A woman suspects her man of fooling around, so she takes revenge by destroying his car, causing thousands of dollars in property damage. First of all, she has no proof he's cheating. If you listen to the lyrics, it's all speculation. So she's punishing him for something he might do. Second of all, I've heard of better revenge stories, both in film and in music. If you have proof of his cheating, you could do like Blue Cantrell and drain his bank account as she sings in hit up style. You could burn all of your husband's possessions like in waiting to exhale. But I digress. I've heard many a woman go up on stage and sing before he cheats, and I get the impression that they chose this song, not because it's just a catchy song. This was the basic bitch anthem. They took the song personally. They could relate to a woman being wronged by a man, getting pushed to the side for a woman who's dumber, but better looking than them. But if every scorned woman, which is almost all women in general, wanted to perform a song that spoke to their souls, they would all sing before he cheats. And that's what happened. This is another song that has been overplayed. Maybe save the kiss off songs when you're in the car with your besties and away from the bar. Number eight, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I think this is where we start to diverge. I don't know a single person that doesn't love Queen, much less Bohemian Rhapsody. I love Bohemian Rhapsody. It's an epic rock song. But ever since it was featured in Wayne's World, the rest of us feel like we have license to sing it and headbang to it in public. And you know how the story goes. As soon as you sing, is this the real life? No, wait. As soon as the video monitor says Bohemian Rhapsody, everything shuts down, patrons, bartenders, bouncers. Everybody stops what they're doing and joins in on the song. Hell, you can leave the stage right then and there and everyone else will take over. I put Bohemian Rhapsody on this list for two reasons. One, I've heard it way too many times. We've worn this song out like a 15-year-old bath towel. And two, this song doesn't showcase your talent, because everyone is singing over you. Yes, you get credit for bringing the entire room together, but you're kind of copping out. Part of the karaoke experience is showing your individuality, laying yourself bare as everyone else watches on, but they're not watching you when they're too busy trying to hit the high and low notes on Galileo, Galileo, Figaro. Queen does belong in the karaoke world, and I think there are some other quality songs that should be sung. What about Killer Queen? Under Pressure, Fat Bottom Girls. I'll even take We Are the Champions. If I ever cross someone that sings the crap out of somebody to love, I will go nuts. That is a magical moment waiting to happen. Number seven, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. I really wanted to add a pop song to the list, but I couldn't immediately think of a good choice. But then, two memories came to mind. First, there was a Geico commercial that came out over a year ago. I know, they put up a lot of commercials, it's hard to keep up. But in this one, you have several men working in a remote research station in the Arctic, and one of them had decided to bring a karaoke machine. He sings I Want It That Way, and everybody is so bothered by it. The commercials suggest that the guy not only sings karaoke all the time, but that he might be singing the same song over and over. At one point, one of his coworkers tries to leave the facility to die. The Backstreet Boys have driven him mad. My second memory, when I was in grad school, I was working at a coffee shop and one of my coworkers invited me to her house to sing karaoke with her friends. She had one of those portable karaoke machines set up in her living room and we'd take turns picking songs to sing in front of each other. But I felt bad for my coworker's mother, who was also living there, and she was having to listen to Amateur Hour. We had karaoke Sunday for just a few weeks, and on one of those Sundays... We thought it would be a good idea to sing, I want it that way. There were like three or four of us and we're singing together, being loud, having a lot of fun. We're not even done with the song. There's like one more chorus and my coworker's mom shuts off the machine. She couldn't take it anymore. I'm pretty sure one of us at one point sang I believe in a thing called love by the darkness and nothing happened. But Backstreet Boys, that's where you draw the line. I can see now why this is such a bad song to sing. It's not particularly difficult, but no matter how good of a singer you are, it just comes out bad. Your voice sounds whiny, and the way the song is performed, it's, it's fragmented. There are pauses between every three to four words, and you end up sounding like a drunk who can't read. Do yourself a favor, pick another song. Alright, credits. This piece of crap song was written by Max Martin and Andreas Carlson. I don't know why I feel like I need to bring up the writing credits to each of these songs. I feel like I need to make sure that the artists themselves are not getting all the blame for the songs. I'm not entirely mad at them. Number six, "Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I hate this song. I just hate it. That's all. No, seriously, I'll say more. I would like to know how Gen Z feels about this song, but let me give you the perspective of a Millennial. This song came out in 1986, it got major airplay on MTV, and it went number one on the Billboard charts. Okay, that's fine. But it has somehow become a mainstay in pop culture. In my teens, in my 20s, and now in my 30s, I have always heard this song play when crowds were around. I'd hear it at major sporting events, weddings, dive bars, you name it probably a good thing we have a pandemic, I don't have to hear the damn song so many times. I brought up Generation Z earlier because I would hope that they are not as attached to this song as the rest of us. We're dating ourselves each time we sing along to live in on a prayer, and eventually, they'll get so tired of it, they'll replace it with another song, and that'll be America's unofficial anthem for the next 30 years. What would that song be? Who's gonna write it? Bieber? Carly Rae Jepsen? fallout boy for the love that all is holy please do not let it be fallout boy moving on to number five baby got back by sir mixalot we all know this song it's a tribute to big booties and it was way ahead of its time it's a song about body positivity and challenging society's idea of beauty and it took about 20 years before women really started to embrace their rear ends We've now got twerking classes and Instagram models that are known only for that area. I'm not mad at Sir Mix-a-Lot. He has this one-hit song, and he's still making money off of it. He's set for life. This song was outrageous when it first came out. We heard the song, watched the music video, and we're like, holy crap. It's so sexual. My anaconda- is he even allowed to say that? When it came to karaoke, it moved on to being a novelty. It was a funny joke when a white guy would go on stage and start off with, I like big butts and I cannot lie. And it was always a white guy singing it. But now, I think we've all been desensitized. Since Baby Got Back, we've been introduced to many more songs with filthy lyrics. Some of the biggest pop stars have a song or two with dirty lyrics. Fifth Harmony, Bruno Mars, Demi Lovato, Beyoncé. Queen Bee. She's got a song called Blow. And she makes mention of Skittles, but let me tell you, she is not talking about literal Skittles. Trust me, Bay's no angel. Anyway, it's about time we put Baby Got Back to pasture. Singing it now just makes you look corny. If you want to be scandalous, or if you want to show off your rap game, pick something else. Number 4. Black by Pearl Jam. According to Spotify, Black is one of the top five most listened to songs from the band. In my personal opinion, Black is not in my top five Pearl Jam songs. But I guess I can see why it is so popular. It's emotional. It's raw. It's about breaking up. Picking any Pearl Jam song is a pretty safe choice. I think we can all do a good Eddie Vedder impression. However, I never understood why, out of all of the Pearl Jam songs out there, people would pick this song to sing. This is the Debbie Downer of karaoke songs. The people that were up on stage before you were singing upbeat songs, could be a disco song, could be Broadway, the audience is dancing, singing along, hooting and hollering, and then you get on stage with this BS? The guitar quietly comes in, the tempo slows way down, and then you start singing about missing someone you still love. Grown men have admitted to crying when hearing this song, makes you think this is appropriate for a saturday night party. Are you trying to get clocked block at the bar? Well, mission accomplished. Also, this song clocks in at 5 minutes and 43 seconds, but it feels like it's way longer than that. It just drones on and on. I guess if the song came on, that would be a good time for a break. Go to the restroom, go outside for some fresh air, check some messages. I think if you want to sing something in the same vein as Black you're better off with a song like Under the Bridge. I feel like the energy picks up more when it needs to, and more people will be inclined to sing along with you. And in case you were wondering, my top five Pearl Jam songs, Even Flow, Jeremy, Animal, Rearview Mirror, do the evolution. Number three, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Number two and three on this list are awfully close. You could switch them around and it would be fine. Like living on a prayer, I just want to say that I hate this song and move on. It's hard to put into words how terrible this song has become, but I'm going to try. First, it's tradition for the Boston Red Sox to play Sweet Caroline at home games. Screw Boston. I know why they played the song the first time at Fenway, but to play it every single time we hit the eighth inning? It doesn't make sense. Neil Diamond is from Brooklyn. Caroline never played baseball. And screw Boston. Second, I don't know who started this, but people have been adding their own lyrics to the chorus. They add the ba-ba-ba for the brass part, and then they have to yell so good three times, like an echo. And crowds are especially obnoxious when they sing this song. It starts off all innocent. They're bobbing their heads, side to side, singing about spring turning into summer, and hands touching hands. Oh, and then the chorus kicks in. Ba-ba-ba! And that's followed by so good so good so good those aren't even in the original lyrics i find that borderline disrespectful to the song you can't love sweet caroline if you have to add words to make it better i don't know how neil diamond feels about it but if he doesn't like it he'll never admit it as long as he keeps getting them checks with respect to karaoke it's old it's overplayed and it's kind of creepy Neil Diamond started his own rumor, and he said that he originally wrote this song for Caroline Kennedy when she was 11 years old. Yeah, a love song dedicated to a minor. Just a few years ago, he admitted that he made it all up and said it was actually about his wife, Marcia. and he had to pick a different name for the title so that it had the right amount of syllables. Why would you create a rumor so disturbing in the first place? Unless it were true. Number two, Summer Nights written by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. And of course, the song was made famous by Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta when they performed it for the film adaptation of the musical, Grease. So I'll admit this first. I'm not a fan of musicals, so my bias was definitely at play when I created this list. But let me continue. If you are a little nervous about singing a song by yourself, then there's no problem bringing on someone to help you out. Duets are fine in karaoke. They can be entertaining when you have this musical back and forth. You can feed off of each other's energy. But the go-to duet, guaranteed to get everyone to sing along, is Summer Nights. We feed into this nostalgia and think so fondly of the song and all the songs from Greece. We have no problem singing all the lyrics from beginning to end. But we don't take the time to realize how problematic this song is. You have two people who are thinking fondly of their summer romance. But when they're talking about it with their friends, they have two very different stories. Danny is singing about saving her life, bowling, and getting frisky in the sand. Sandy's singing about drinking lemonade and holding hands. And the girlfriends want more information, but all they want to know is if he has money. The guys want to know if she ever said no. The truth is somewhere in the middle, but this song, and the entire musical, is not indicative of a good love story. There should be more honesty in storytelling, and people should find value in other people besides sex and money. Also remember, this story takes place in the 1950s, and that means women were very disrespected by men. I kind of hate the cancel culture we live in right now, but I am confused as to why we haven't canceled Greece. There were better love stories and better musicals than Greece, and there are definitely better duets than Summer Nights. Can't think of one? How about I Got You, Babe, Sonny and Cher? You're welcome. And now we've reached number one. I will give you three seconds to guess what that song is. You will probably guess this right. Time's up. It's Don't Stop Believin' by Journey. This just checks every box. Everything I complained about in the previous nine songs applies to Don't Stop Believin'. But I want to share a story with you. There was this bar slash diner in Pasadena that no longer exists. But on Thursday nights, they would host a karaoke contest. The top three winners would win like a gift card or something. I participated in one of those contests. I did a really crappy version of Don't Speak by No Doubt. Not my finest moment. Anyway, one of the participants was a woman who sang Don't Stop Believing," And of course, it didn't require any effort on her part. She was drowned out by everybody else singing along with the song. And I think at one point, she wasn't even singing. She was just dancing on stage. She won. She won. What the hell? Who was judging this contest? Steve Perry? I believe it was unfair that she won over everybody else. There were people who had more vocal talent and stage presence than her. She did the least amount of work to win. Performing Don't Stop Believin' is long-hanging fruit. She was basically cheating. It's like if you knew ahead of time that there would be a life-size zebra statue at a wedding and you wore a zebra striped dress to said wedding and won the best dress contest. Yes, that really happened. No, I didn't wear that dress. And if you were confused about what I just said in that last part, you can ask me about it later. Maybe that's my biggest issue with the song. It's a lack of effort. If you are too nervous to go on stage, I understand playing it safe. But that is too safe. You're getting cheers only because you picked the right song, not because you sang it. A big reason why karaoke is so entertaining is because you see so many people putting themselves out there. They're risking embarrassment in order to show off their personality. Whether they're good or not, at least they tried. Choosing a terrible song that's pandering to the masses, that's not trying. At the end of the movie Step Brothers, Brennan and Dale talk about their brand new company called Karaoke and Roll. It was a great idea. They would host karaoke, but they would cut off anybody that turned out to be a terrible singer. You had to meet their high standards. But you know, I would go one step further and outlaw certain songs. I'd keep those songs out of the big book that people browse, and I'd throw out someone's slip if they requested to perform one of these ten songs I just mentioned. But you know, I really have no control over the songs that people choose for karaoke. To each their own, I guess. But just know, if we get back to normal someday and you hear a song that you can't stand and you're annoyed that everybody else is just eating it up, you can always boo loudly. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, don't boo. Be a good sport. Just walk away if you have to. And you know, you could buy a portable karaoke machine and just play whatever you wanted the comfort of your home. Okay, that's all I've got for now. You can reach me at semifieldrider at gmail.com. My website is semifieldwriter.com. I have a Twitch account and Instagram, both semifieldwriter. Now I should be editing this recording as soon as I'm done, but most likely I'm just going to go back to playing Fall Guys. Come join me if you can. All right, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful two weeks and I will talk to you again very soon. Take care.